Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. So you guys probably saw us on the post-game show from the lounge a week or so ago wearing those Jokic 4 MVP shirts. And a lot of people are asking where to get those shirts. Yes, a lot of people are wondering. You can get them at JokicForMVP.com. And all proceeds go towards the Colorado Hawks who actually put these shirts into the universe and are behind this movement. JokicForMVP.com is the website. Like I said, you can get a super high quality shirt, but you can also support the Colorado Hawks when you buy one of those shirts. And if you don't know about the Colorado Hawks, it's a nonprofit organization helping athletes from all over Colorado achieve their dreams of playing sports at the next level and earning scholarships. Uh, They produce high level athletes in boys and girls basketball and soccer. And most importantly, this is an affordable program that has never turned an athlete away due to cost. So get one of those Jokic for MVP shirts at JokicForMVP.com. Super high quality, super comfortable, and you can also help the Colorado Hawks out by doing so. <laughs> Always live. That? We're not that far We're off, not that man. Far. <laughs> We're, We're trending dangerous. in that direction. <laughs> Definitely trending in that direction. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DNVR Lounge, the Mailbag Lounge. Let's go. Is that a thing? Is that, that a mailbag? Is that yeah, done with these we have, it has been a minute. Does it get an air horn? A mailbag? Uh, we missed our window. Yeah, we missed, we missed, we missed the window for it. As always, guys, we're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the app right now. We're not giving you any free free. Nothing today, but you have to very make your soon. Own money for, yeah, you have to make your own money. But Friday, we will be back to giving you guys a bunch of winners uh, as we preview everything. I'm, I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues over here. Mr. Wynn. I was wondering if you're going to say something about my sweatshirt. I was about to. I was, to. Late, I you was saw about to. I was waiting for it. I was trying to bait something out of you. Okay. It, but um, no, it didn't work. A pink sweatshirt, huh? So whose choice was that? Yours? It's Wednesday. Wednesdays, we, we wear pink around here. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. You I, didn't? Well, well, get in line. <laughs> well, uh, over here, also not wearing pink, so I think you're the minority. Yeah, I missed that memo. Wynn looks good, though. <laughs> he it's does a good look color good. on him. Yeah. How about you vote? Oh, I, I'm good, too. I'm well. Happy to be here. Are you happy to be here? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, ex- I'm excited to be here as well, guys. We got uh, a ton of questions today. We put out the mailbag thing. We probably got like 50 questions. I doubt we get to all of them, although good thing. There's a lot of crossover. A lot of people want to talk trades. It is that season. We're about, what, two weeks away from the trade deadline? Yeah. Um, trade talk really My starts to My favorite and least favorite time of the year. I like trade talk contained within the space of trade season i don't like it when we yeah. get to like november hey what do you guys think about that? I, right. guys i have no idea man <laughs> right. like it's so far away um but we're going to get into all that but before we get to into anything we have to we have a big announcement we had already seen the leaked images of denver's earned jerseys now if you remember teams that make the playoffs they didn't do this last year but they're bringing it back this year if you make the playoffs you get a fifth jersey an earned jersey the nuggets get it let's bring that up kale Bring it up on the screen here so we can get a good look at it. I liked what we saw of this when it leaked online yeah. earlier, you know, maybe a month ago. But, man, I really like it on Jamal Murray. 
I think this thing's going to pop on the court. And the photo, the images are pretty good, but I can't wait to see these guys out there in, in the bright lights. I think it's really going to catch the, the few colors in this jersey nicely. And I think it's going to look good. We know it looks good on Jamal. I mm. think it can look good on Jokic. And to me, those, <laughs> to me, those are the it's most the important test. things in, in any Nuggets. It's test. Yeah, it's a white jersey. White jerseys can look good on white guys. That's that's the big issue. They here. can't or can't? They can Yes. Oh, they can. Yes, okay. They, they can, so. so I have a take. All right, Kale. Oh, okay. Kale has a take here. And oh a microphone. God. And a microphone today. I have a take that this is going to be the Jamal Jer- the the Jamal Murray jersey. See, I thought the black skyline was the Jamal Murray jersey. I think so. I thought so too. I've always said that the blue is the Jokic. Correct. I think the black is the Murray. Correct. And the red is nobody. It's literally nobody's jersey. Well, the red is supposed to be MPJ's jersey, but the red is such a iffy jersey that I just don't know. But so here's the, here's the thing, Kale. Oh yeah, Eric is joining. It. He didn't come. In, he didn't come into studio <laughs> good today. To, good too, to hear from too you. Too big yeah. for his britches. No, I'm just kidding. He had other things. But uh, yeah, it's the black skyline is the Murray one, of course. Because here's the thing, Kale, about your take. The Black Skyline moments happened in the bubble on the biggest stage, and they are the most memorable moments of Jamal Murray's career. So to say that he would do that, that means he would have to have – I don't even know if they're wearing these in the playoffs this year. Mm. They're this, wearing them Friday, I think. Oh, already? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Breaking news yeah. over here from Wind. Well, I don't think like – you can look up when each team is wearing <laughs> each jersey. Not really line. a wind chime. <laughs> more like a – Well, either job. way, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, but I just – for him to top what they what he did last year in the bubble, and also anytime something is the first, like that was his first big you know sort yeah. of breakout. I, there's no way. So Kale, turn your mic back off. Yeah, your first take. You're wrong. <laughs> oh for one. Oh for one. Oh for, here's what I love about these jerseys. I just love the colors. First of all, I like if I'm gonna put on my uh, Eric Weedham hat, my designer hat. Yeah. Um, I love the progression from. Kale, can you put the the image back up again so I know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> um, I love the progression from blue to red to gold oh. as you go down the jersey, yeah. at least the the top part. And the shorts are really cool. Also, I mean, this could be like an alternate Team Serbia jersey, which no, I'm not, totally oh, which be, I'm yeah. not mad about. Yeah, I love true. the alignment there. It's fun. I'm sure Eric is listening to your take about the red to blue <laughs> oh, vertical. I'm sure he's, just he's like, that's not right a thing. Now. Yeah, he's just like all of our yeah. comments. He's yeah. just. I like that it's a uni- that brings a universality without being drowned in subjectivity. That's what I like about it. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, I agree with every word you just said for sure. <laughs> anyway, I love these. If they play them on Friday, man, that makes me. I mean, like more hype now for Friday. It's too bad it'll be on the road. Um, but I like these jerseys. I'm a big fan of going to the pickaxe. Some people have commented red, white, and blue, how original. Like, that's every team's America. color. I don't care, though. I like. I still like it. Also, it's a throwback. People don't realize to the original Nuggets look. Did you see John Hollinger tweet that teams that don't get earned jerseys should be forced to wear the worst jerseys in their team's oh, history? Oh, I love it. It's a great it's idea. A, great, a rare, great really, idea really, from Hollinger. <laughs> Really good idea there. Wow, throwing some barbs here. Let's, uh, Kale, yeah, pull up. Right. So uh, let's just quickly gloss over all the other teams' um, earned jerseys here and see what we think. Lakers, ugly. Laker, Eric has really taught me this lesson here. Can I see it, Kale? Oh, there it is. Uh, Lakers, when they, um, their jerseys are so classic and iconic that anytime right. they do anything different, it looks dumb. Strong I think that agree. looks dumb. Clippers. <laughs> Nothing about the Clippers is classic Dude, and iconic. It this fits is, the Clippers so well, though. They mailed that in so hard. Come it, on. Right, the right. Cl- the Clippers are like bland, and they just were like, "What? What if we took all color out of the jersey well, and like, made it bland?" It's like the NBA or the Clippers handed Nike a stencil, and just Nike didn't do anything with it. Yeah, exactly. It's just the original stencil. <laughs> they forgot. They just sent the draft. Yeah. Back yeah. 
<laughs> the Jazz they were supposed to fill it in with color, but they never. Did. I actually really like the Utah one. Utah's a confusing uh, case. I, Utah's confusing because they have like twenty different color palettes. But I like this green one. I that, think it's that, cool. That looks a little Celtics green to me. It does. That said, um, you know, screw the Celtics. That's fine. Green and yellow is a cool color scheme, though, that we don't have enough of. I mean, what is in the NBA that's green and yellow? We have the Bucks that are kind of like, but that's a different thing. Mm, yeah. So I'm kind of with it. Blazers, same as the Clippers. They just took the color out. Like, that's no, kind of lame. I don't, I don't like it. They forgot. Let's see what else they forgot. Um, 76ers, I like the, the cream cool. color. Like, that's, that, I think that's a, I'm a big fan of that. The Nets, eh, whatever. It works for me. Yeah. Isn't that the, it's that's the subway? subway yeah, yeah, it's a little subway thing. So yeah, I dig the, it. The 20th version of a Nets jersey that has to do with the subway. That's so Actually, true. It's the 20th one. They're going to run it back next year. The too. Bucks jersey looks like Guy Fieri. It's like he, that's like a jersey made specifically for him. <laughs> looks like his like jeans he might wear or yeah, something. Yeah, except it's the the antlers or whatever. Yeah. And then the Celtics, same as the Lakers. You can't really, I mean, they're too. Haven't the Celtics had this jersey? Like, no. I think the Celtics different. are going in the wrong direction, man. They keep trying to get too creative and do something different and yeah, like just can't. stick to what's working you can't well. do it all right what yeah. else kale let's see here miami heat yellow what the heck i don't i don't know if i'm feeling that i like the raptors one although it looks kind of weird in this image where there's a black background because it looks like it looks like the black is not there they've yeah. run that design back a bunch though huh they're just yeah. like sticking different colors in it the yeah v. but i like i think of the it's raptors as purple the raptors is red to me is weird it's still weird but whatever right. the purple and black raptors that's classic I never like anything the Pacers do, but uh, the, but people seem to like the pinstripe classic. It's because it's like just it. a traditional look that yeah. that's like not too much, not too little. No yeah. other team could get away with that, but something about Indiana, it's just perfect the yeah. way they have yeah, that branding. Real Midwest vibe. Yeah, Orlando also I think has a hard time. Bad. The pinstripes for them worked way back in yeah. the day, but nowadays Orlando. So. I feel bad for the Magic. They just need a total rebrand at this point. They need to not go by the Magic anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Branding yourself. Yeah, they need Disney to rebrand literally every part of their organization. Their, yeah. The nickname, the players, the coach, the roster. Yeah, those are moved to Seattle. Call themselves the Sonics. I don't. Those know. Those are batting practice jerseys for the Magic, right <laughs> there. Do. Mavs jerseys, like whatever. Okay, I'm. We've seen really that before. Yeah. Thunder, better than their tire Thunder. shop ones. Does Mavs 2.0. That is. Look at look at those two jerseys. My God! My God! How did I not talk about that copy right and paste? Wow. Holy crap! That's the uh, senior design guy from the Thunder actually just took a job with the Mavs. No, if you don't, if you don't see, there's a little bit of like uh, TV static going through the Thunder font, so it's very different. Mm. Oh wow! Mm. Well, there you go. And then the Houston Rockets. Yeah, whatever. It's not basic. bad. It's not bad. Pretty basic. Yeah. Um, all right, so you guys, right? Got to let you know right off the top. We're going to start getting into all these questions. If you do have a uh, a question for the chat and you didn't get it out um, on you know on Twitter, you can super chat. We'll get to any super chats at the end. We'll kind of save those. Um, but for the future, if you're listening to this as a podcast or if you're watching it on YouTube Live. You know, follow us on social media on Twitter at DNVR underscore Nuggets. That way, you can always interact with us whenever we do things like this. Without further ado, let's get into it. Harrison has broke these questions down into categories, and we're going to start with random. Thanks for doing that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> random. And this is the title question, and maybe my favorite question in this entire one. Question. Shouts to Grant Carey for the great question. How many players in the NBA right now have the chance, however small? to be the greatest player of all time. And who are they? I love this one. Start us off, vote. I think there are only two. Um, one is LeBron. You know, right. A handful of you are going to respond one way or another to that. He's deep, more deeply entrenched in that conversation than any other player in history. Um, the other is Luka. 
And I know some people are going to roll their eyes at that. It is a bit like... Why would people roll their eyes at Luca? There is a little bit... We were very, very, very quick as a community collectively to crown Luca. That said, that's because he's a king. And I think he will end up earning that. Um, the, the, The immediate production at his age actually is goat level stuff. Like... Rookies and sophomores just don't produce to the level he did. So he's the only other guy I would say, all right, that ceiling is there. If you see the very best of Luka Doncic, does he enter this conversation? I think that's on the table. Uh, Of course, a big stretch. I wonder if Zion is on the table. The question with Zion is, is he going to be on enough good enough teams? Like, Well, uh, that's the question. See, here's the thing. That's the question for all these dudes. I mean... This is one of the things, the older you get, the more you watch a sport, the more you realize. Like Kevin Garnett, to me, is the ultimate. He, his career got cut in half because the first half of it, he was on such crappy teams right. that he paid attention to. Like right. All that stuff is so dependent on it. But what Zion is doing at 19 years old is crazy. I mean, the, yeah. the numbers he's putting up, the efficiency he's scoring at, just how, how much of a force he is at that age... Yeah, I mean, if he keeps doing this for 17, 18 years and is on enough championship caliber teams, yeah, I mean, I mean, he could get in that conversation. The actual answer to this is probably just LeBron. See, I think you guys are being a little too conservative here, and part of this is because so much of the GOAT conversation is myth-making. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the Jordan thing, like nobody will ever be as good as Jordan because it was perfect and he won six in a row and then retired and like, oh. Right. And like th- there's the narrative built around this, and I think you're, you hit on a good point, Vote, about with Luca, like we're already at the teardown phase. Things happen so quickly for him that right. we did the buildup, now we're at the teardown. But the longer you go through this, like Luca has – Luca might have 20 more years in the NBA. I mean, right. we're seeing with LeBron, we're in the year 2021. LeBron is now at, what, 36 years old? 30, 30, yeah, he's 36. And it looks like he might have three or four more years, if not more. What do you think medicine and training and health is like in the year 2035, sure. which is when Luca would be LeBron's age? Like, yeah. think about that's That's like the, the gap. It's insane to think about. That's so far in the future that we don't know what the world will be like so maybe luca has 20 more years and an opportunity to rally off you know a four peat or something like that so i agree luca to me has that chance again all of these are small sure. really really really, really small, small small uh zion I, I agree he could have a shack like run where you know maybe he has four or five years where just nobody can guard he has the perfect team around him and nobody can guard him he draws 11 12 fouls a game and shoots 90 percent because they're all dunks so i think he's definitely in there if we expand it out a little bit I think Kevin Durant has a t- even tinier chance in large part because his career is so far. But again, we keep talking about he's 31. Maybe that means he only has 10 more years left. If he has 10 years left, then it's like, oh, yeah, he has so much time to get better. And to, you know, it would require for KD, I think, playing the best basketball of his career at, is still ahead of him, right. which I don't know if that that's likely, but it might be. And I mean, KD's also got two championships. Right. And that's honestly like if this argument boils down to one thing, it's who's going to get yeah. to five or six championships. KD's got two. He might get another one this year. I think the Nets should be championship favorites right now. He might get another one this year. That team's probably going to be pretty good for years to come, or whatever team he winds up on is going to be a contender for years and, to come. And vote LeBron, we thought he peaked in like 2013. It's like, oh, it's all downhill. And then he just kept getting better in different ways. Like, okay, it evolved. He wasn't as athletic, but just... And I wonder if KD, if it's the same thing, maybe he becomes an even better three-point shooter. Doesn't better get to the rim as much, but yeah, doesn't... Or playmaker. I mean, that's all on the table. You just brought up 
the best point at the beginning, which is this is all about myth building. And whoever is building that myth has their work cut out for them because those of us who were there for what appears to be the prime of KD's career, at least to this point, he was the second best player in the league for his career. Like that yeah. overcoming that narrative, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That he could, he didn't even really surpass LeBron while they were playing together. Like it, it, it's going to be a lot to get to that point. I think he would have to win at least three more championships, one more MVP and ultimately you know, be the the leading scorer of all time, probably in NBA right. history, which LeBron himself might do. So, if we go the three big big men that are on this list, yo, we're gonna finish with Jokic here. I, I oh, a year ago I said that I thought Michael Porter had the chance to be this. Not that I thought he was going to be, but just like his skill set lends itself to. I think already you look at it and go, he has a long way to go with his handle. He has a long way to go. Like he's already twenty two. I'm not saying it's not it's impossible for him. It's just he's not on my list because it's pro the odds are probably too small. But you know, he's still a guy that looks like he could score whatever. Um, Joel Embiid is drawing as many fouls right now as Shaquille O'Neal did in his absolute peak. And I think some of this is just because the league is a little BS right now. But Soft. But, um, you know, Joel Embiid's one of those guys that if he stays healthy for the next 10, 12, 13 years and gets better, makes in, and continues to like improve in sort of that physical dominance, I too could see him becoming a Shaq-like force where he has this peak where it's like, okay, who can guard him? He just draws too many fouls. He shoots the three, whatever. Not predicting it, but he's at least a guy I have to throw on this list of. He too is only, what, 26, 27? So 27. 27. So he could have 10 years ahead of him where he's the most dominant player in the NBA. So Giannis, he's 26 years old, two MVPs already. Five all-star. The shine is so already. off of him, though, man, I right know, now. But You're right. The resume building's there. The resume yeah. building's there. And think about just where Once his... Once he joins uh, up with, with Yoke here in Denver, <laughs> baby, <laughs> run happens. Team, huh? Yeah, think about where Giannis's counting stats are going to be 10 years from now. Like his points and rebounds. Yeah. It's going to be crazy how many stats he accumulates just, you know, throughout his career. And, look, I think Giannis, you know, we talk about how these guys are going to age. I mean, Giannis's game, it's so built on athleticism, but I still feel like he's going to age really, really well. Yeah. Just how he, dominant he is. He's interesting, too, because, like, if you did put together a team that was, like, Giannis, Jokic, and Damian Lillard, I guess I could just say Jamal Murray, whatever. If you put that team together, like, who's the best player? To me, I still think it's Jokic, but... You know, he would. They would all have such unique roles in that environment that you could be like, well, you know, who's the MVP of it? You could have one series yeah. where one guy won the other, which is cool. You, you could show a kid a Giannis highlight reel though in twenty years, thirty years, and one of the first questions they might ask you is like, is that the best player of all time? Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's gonna have. He that. looks like the, a so best player. The other of all big time. that I think is in this equation is Anthony Davis. Um, you know, he's a little bit further into his career, but he just went with the Lakers. If he stayed with the <laughs> Lakers for the next ten years, they just keep recycling new superstars alongside him to carry his ass. But for people to be like, "Hey, is Anthony?" Da we already asked last week that or last year. The Athletic asked if he was the greatest big man to ever play the game. Like we already nightmare. did this thing once. This well, is my nightmare. This he is my nightmare too. The second best player in the league. Yeah, he, he already, and then he just was terrible. But I, again, I don't think it's like with Embiid. I don't think it's going to happen. But Anthony Davis, at his best, is a extra, is the most versatile big in the league. Like he can, he can do sure. everything. I sure. think these are guys with skill sets, like talent arguments in a vacuum. But again, like it's it is going to be about resume building, narrative building, myth building, and that's why I think like, I mean, for any of these guys to catch LeBron alone, let alone MJ, is, right. is almost inconceivable. And I. I 
agree with your larger point that it shouldn't be. Time will right. pass. Oh, we'll right. see more studs. Right. But in this moment in time, it, it's just such a high bar to clear. Um, Steph Curry, I think, like he's already probably a little bit over the, the hump or over the yeah. hill, you know, or whatever. But yeah. and and also, it's so hard for a guy that it's hard for our minds to wrap around right. shooting being he more important. He might have had a shot though. Best if, peak. He's got a. If Clay Thompson didn't get hurt, if they were able to stay as a contender over these last couple of years, yeah. and he was able to get one or two more. Yeah. He I mean, Steph had had is, Steph is the ultimate. Like Steph and Jokic, I think is soon going to replace yeah. Steph as the guy that like creates the most polarizing takes. Mm. Because Steph, man, you go back and watch as I did last night. Watch some of the old Steph Curry highlights, like from games, and you're just like, yes, that guy broke basketball. Nobody could yeah. guard him, and nobody could guard the entire team because of him. And uh, so he had at one point a, a small opportunity. Uh, let's let's get to Jokic, guys. The feast de resistance, as I say. Um, if we look at Jokic here. For him to become the GOAT is obviously incredibly hard. We've often compared him to Larry Bird, and Larry Bird, you know, is obviously in the GOAT conversation. There are people that think, it mostly old schoolers. Mostly like, Boston Celtics fans. No, when I was growing <laughs> up, man, there was a lot of people, like I, so I was in the 90s, you know, and really at the yes, end of the 90s, old, yeah. people would, I'd always talk to my coaches and stuff in high school or yeah. whatever, and they'd always be like, it's not MJ. He's not the goat. It's Magic. And after Magic, it's Bird. And then it's MJ or whatever. And like people really held on to that for a while. And I suspect similar things will happen with LeBron or whatever. You know, like there'll be a new wave and and whatever. But um, Jokic, I think, has a shot uh, above zero point zero percent shot at it. It would require an enormous. If you win a bunch of championships in Denver, first of all, you have to become in the list there. If like if we're comparing <laughs> if it to all time Lakers yeah. and like Celtics championship difficulty, can that be a new stat? So Tim Duncan <laughs> based on market. So Tim Duncan is. I don't think I've ever heard him discussed as the goat, but he's yeah. like a definitive top ten player. Like everybody has him as a top ten player. Again, Jokic probably doesn't get there. But what would it take for Jokic to be in the conversation for? goat player of all time like he's already averaging 27 he's up yeah. seven points is it 30 for like five oh, six years i think it's titles more than that yeah. statistically he's gonna have a case for titles like are a, a given they're yeah for, like a top six top five kind of profile for centers like he's gonna be he's, he's already on that track to be honest if he wins two three titles in denver in a place like denver you know, the outside world probably won't care, but there's at least a foundation for a narrative there of like, yo, literally no one could even get this team to the finals. Right. Like, no one cares. No one wanted he to rallied play. Off four. No one could build super teams in Denver. And yeah. Jokic led that organization to, yeah, three or four. There's a real argument there. I think maybe it's a little more realistic to set sights on best international player ever. Does he have it? Does he have a chance? Sure. Sure, yeah. Especially if you talk like European because if you're like Tim Duncan was born in sure. the, like, yeah. Virgin Islands. Like, best no. European. Um, but so let's pull on this thread I just because I think it's an interesting thought experiment but Tim Duncan won five. You know, Jordan won six and Jordan won the finals MVPs every time Duncan didn't necessarily and I know that plays into the narrative but I do wonder if Duncan would have won six or maybe seven if he would have been in the same career, let's just say same career, but they win. The Ray Allen shot doesn't go in. They win right. that one. Right. Um, I think they lost one year to the Thunder, and it was a year where the Thunder just got like red hot against them, but they could have yeah. won, you know, easily could have won that one. You talk about the Lakers. You remember the the Shaq shot, uh, the, the, the Derek Fisher shot? That was right. They should have won that sure. game and maybe the series. So that's not inconceivable to think they had the exact same career. Ball bounces differently once or twice, and they actually have seven championships. If Tim Duncan got seven championships, do you think they would have considered him the, the GOAT? No. Would he have been in the conversation? But maybe he would have been third. 
right now. Okay. Is this position bias wind? I mean, if he's a wing or a guard and he does the same thing. Yeah, right? I think it's like sexiness bias, yeah. to be honest. Like Jordan LeBron are just sexier than Tim Duncan. Yeah, and like, so true. Nothing Tim Duncan could have done about that, but it's just kind of how we think in these arguments, I think. And honestly, man, that ties back into the Jokic thing. Like, why do... Why did people think Joel Embiid was so much better than Nikola Jokic for these last couple of years? It's because he has a sexier game. He can jump higher. He can dunk harder. He has more of like that classic superstar game. Dunking on a player or fouling them out or just playing scoring in a one-on-one setting feels more dominant than a player that every single possession picks you apart. I mean, there's something too like Jokic is a Peyton Manning type player. And I think Peyton Manning in football, maybe it's, it shines a little bit more. But, you know, if you have the, like, physical dominance or, or, or something where people are like, I don't know how you stop that, it's a little bit more loud and obvious. Um, yeah. I think Jokic has better chance at, at at GOAT status than you guys seem to. Obviously, it's not great. And, and the narratives will always be against him. But I'm telling you, 27 points this year on the on the ascent. Getting better as the season goes on. I'm just telling you, there's a cha- there's a world in which he is part of what was wrong with Tim Duncan was he never felt like that type of dominant offensively where like he could just do the Jokic might get to a point. Jokic goes to a finals, plays the number one defense, and just drops 120 on him every single game, and it's like, yeah, the best defense had no right. chance. I mean, there's yeah. there's a path. Well, there. I mean, there is a thing that really only people who watch this team 82 games a season know, and it's that. Like what comprises Jokic's greatness is so unique, but if you really wanted to strip it all the way down, could he be that scorer? Could he be that dominant in that setting? Hard yes. Yeah, yeah this we're guy, seeing this, this year he can yeah, be. It's yeah. a decision from him. Right? All right, let's take our first break. I just love that question, so we spent a lot of time on it, but we got a bunch more questions to get through on the other side. Take it away, Wind. Yeah, guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lagers this week. Uh, they're great to drink during the game, and Nuggets are back Friday, so. Uh, picks them up. You know the can. It's that Skyline Blue uh, Nuggets can. You can pick them up from Breck Brew. You can pick them up from your local liquor store. Uh, it's the Mile High City Copper Lager. Make sure to grab some of those this week. Also, uh, if you are looking to go back to school, get your college degree, um, maybe you're just graduating high school, check out MSU Denver online. It's an awesome and affordable online institution uh, based right here in Denver. They've got awesome teachers who know how to teach online. Uh, you can check out their entire course list at msudenver.edu backslash online. Tons of different classes, all online. And like I said, the teachers are great. They can work with you if you work a second job or a job outside and just go into the classroom. So uh, check them out today. View their entire course list at msudenver.edu backslash online. All right. That was two? Yeah. got through two? Wow, good job, man. I just tried to read the comments. I couldn't even get through to see what people were saying. Yeah, Most same. people, very upset if you've mentioned anybody's name besides Jokic in the GOAT conversation. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right, let's get into some of these other questions here. Does Jokic want fans back? Has having no fans actually helped him? I mean, this is a question I'm, we might ask once, the, once fans start to return oh. to the arena. But yeah. I have wondered this, guys. Jokic averaging 27, shooting 40% from three. He's not the only one. The NBA got scoring's up, players' efficiency's up. I do wonder how much it dips when fans come back. I was watching the All-Star game and Steph Curry just raining in threes from half court. <laughs> and I was wondering, like, what would Steph Curry have been like in the bubble? Oh, Dude, my think God. Think about that. Would he right. have shot 65% yes. from Oh, three? man, he might have. Yeah. 
Maybe. I think so, dude. <laughs> like, I really Steph do. is insane, man. <laughs> yeah. I like, it's weird. I, I totally stand Steph. Like, totally. The, the, the discourse around him online is so dumb that yeah. like, whatever, I, 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 I'm i all team Steph. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning something in the comments today, guys. You just can't wear red on this show. Or what happened? Are you, state, are you I'm the state farm? farm. I just <laughs> got off my, shri- my shift at Target. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a Target. Red. Oh, <laughs> wow. You Associate did Colors yeah. Association. Clean up over here. Yeah. A pink oh, is a four. very good option. I should have gone with pink. All right. Sorry. What were you uh, no, but like yeah, we know, guys shoot better when uh, there's no crowd. Yeah, like that. I think that has been very established right now. The shooting in the bubble is off the charts. The shooting this year is already up, obviously up from where it's been in years past. Playing in front of full arenas, it makes a difference. Now with Yoke, with Yoke, it's funny because when you've asked him about his shot and specifically his three point shot, he's always said. Yeah, it's just all about how focused I am. Yeah. Mm. So I wonder if the fans, the fans make you less focused. I don't know. Like that's only a question right. you can ask if you're playing the game. That could that could theoretically go both directions, right? Yeah. I have more time to think in my head because right. it's empty and quiet right. in here or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I I just think a a, a flip has switched for Jokic in his understanding of his impact and role. Okay. There's probably a bump here. Right in terms of the every night scoring, how efficient it's been, but I but I think the difference really is just that he's realized, yo, they can't guard me, and sometimes that's the beautiful game. That's how we win. Yeah, I. You guys are also forgetting about the most important thing we haven't talked about it much lately, and not, mm. and not mm-hmm. Jokic, man. I'm telling you, he turns into Djokovic. This crowd gets up against <laughs> him. He he, you know, he get, he's going to turn it up even more. Yeah. So. Uh, the homie. Oh, by the way, that question was from Northwest Nuggets fans, which I like that that handle it represents the Northwest. I think Northwest U.S. Northwest of the I state. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, compare know. this one comes from the homie Marislav. Compare Nugget starters to fast food joints. I only have a couple here. <laughs> this one's people hard. Don't, people don't know this. I eat noodles and company almost every day because it has a very good keto option. We knew that. Yeah. We, you, know, you guys knew that. It was yeah. out there. It has a great keto option. It's right next door to us, so I yeah, can wander over. two doors down. That's actually the, the main reason. <laughs> um, so that one is Jokic. It's the everyday, consistently great, consistently an A-plus meal. Shouts to Noodles okay. and to Jokic. Okay. Um, I thought of one for Michael Porter Jr. Okay. I've got Sonic for Michael Porter Jr. It sounds like a, not a great thing, but okay, let's find out <laughs> what you mean. I feel like Sonic, um, like five years ago, seven years ago, it was maybe going to be like the next big fast food thing. It was this, super hyped up. The, I don't think there was a single person on earth that thought this, but okay. I, I felt it's like just this. Harrison sitting at like home. The as a young lad. Stop. It was this. It was new, an ultimate this drink new stop. wave ultimate of fast stop. food, kind yeah. of. And MPJ, kind of the new wave. I don't know. Wow. That's a reach. Real reach here. <laughs> right, I want to go back to Jokic and just say there's a slam dunk here and it's Taco Bell and I know the joke's played out, but he's the Quesarito boy. He's got to yeah. be Taco Bell. Oh, you're right. That is a good one there. Uh, I have one here. I thought Millsap is Chipotle. I have Jamichael Green's Qdoba. They're pretty similar, man. Like, Dude, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> and, then here, and then here's the last one, Zeke Naji, Illegal Pete's. <laughs> Even more different. Yeah. Even more Just different. The hippie version. But yeah, it's the hippie version. He's the yeah. hippie version of Paul Millsap. He's Paul Millsap with a cool haircut. Marcus Howard. Del Taco. Del Taco. Oh. Is Vodka just Arby's? So I put him as Hardy's. <laughs> oh, okay. He's Hardy. He's a Hardy. A Arby's, hardy I think, could also qualify. Yeah, those both work. Uh, 
that's all I got, guys. Uh, weird question, but also a good one. Um, let's go to some big picture questions here. When do you think Gary and Milsack will be back and fully healthy? This one comes from Jordan. I think Michael. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Harrison. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I feel like Paul probably could have played these last couple of games if like this was a playoff series. Gary, I if I'm the Nuggets, I... I take it really easy with Gary. Yeah. Like he uh, he missed seven games and then came back and then for some reason played 30 minutes against the Wizards. Like I would think you would have wanted him on a minute restriction, it being Gary Harris in that first game back. He's now missed eight more plus the All-Star break with that same injury. Wow. So around the same time, a little more now with, with the break here over the last several days. But I, I think... Paul is going to be good to go. I don't know about Gary. Con- conspiracy corner here. Trade deadlines in two weeks. I Yeah, I think you can even read into what, what Wynn's thinking here just by listening to the team talk about the two players. I don't, yeah, the Gary thing sounds um, somewhat serious for sure. Well, I don't. What's your conspiracy? Well, my conspiracy is maybe you hold them out to after the trade deadline. Maybe it's a, uh, hey, we can't, we don't want to trade a player with an injury. Um, we instead it's a, hey, he could come back. We're taking an abundance of caution, as they like to say. And so if there is a trade, you have a healthy, ready-to-go player as a close. If you bring him back, still oh. feeling a little tricky. See, whenever you say trade, I just think about a potential Gary Harris trade. That's what I'm saying, a Gary Harris trade. Right, but nobody's going to trade for him if he's not playing. Right, he was just playing his value back up, yeah. and then you he got to showcase him a little bit if I think he's so. going to get dealt, I think. I think so. Yeah, so I maybe it's a, then you think he comes back even earlier. I don't know if Gary Harris is going to be traded, but when you look at the guys that could be traded by Denver, he's high on the list. I think Barton won, sure. Gary Harris too. Sure, so, yeah. um, You know, you look at that. As far as Millsap, here's an interesting thing. You know Millsap wants to play. Part of me wonders what Denver looks like one more month without Millsap. If he didn't play for another month, does Denver Zeke Naji gets more minutes? Does he work himself into a hey, we actually just we feel great about him being on the court? Or does Michael Porter now we get to play him more at power forward? That's what we wanted all along. So now it's now it's great. Like I wonder if that's a thing. And I also wonder if Paul Mills, if you're Paul Millsap, yes, you like the extended rest. But I wonder if you sit there, Denver, if Millsap's not back on Friday and Saturday and Monday, and Denver all of a sudden is at a six, seven, eight game win streak. If you're sitting there going like, I better get back or I'm never going to get back right. into this rotation. So yeah. something to kind of think about. Um, after This one comes from RCJR. After starting with one of the hardest schedules in the league and fighting uh, to the record we have, how do you feel? How do you think the second half, w- which is supposed to be one of the easiest remaining, will affect this final spot for this team? Do you think we can take advantage of it? So easy schedule coming up. Go ahead, vote. Well, I mean, listen, it's really hard to sit here and bet money on the Nuggets taking care against business in this regard. Easier yeah. strength of schedule, playing worse teams. You know, traditionally with this this group, they've struggled in that context. Fully healthy, you're saying? Oh, I would say in, in a favorable stretch of schedule. Oh, okay. They okay. don't always take advantage of those. Right. Now, a lot of contenders, contender-ish teams, don't win as many of those games as we all think, but... I think the real source of hope is you look at it and you say, you know, the big three is working mm-hmm. and that's a recent development. That's why they're winning. And so that's if, if they're going to win down the stretch, that's probably why. And you think you feel good about that. So uh, let's just go through their upcoming schedule here because RC has a point here at Memphis on Friday. I think that's one of their tougher games at Memphis on Friday. Are they favored or underdogs? Or do they? I don't even know if the line's out for Friday. I'm not asking literally. I'm asking the Harrison <laughs> Wind. I'm not asking the DraftKings line here. I'm asking the Harrison Wind line. Yeah, favored. they'll probably be favored. 
You come home and play Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back at home in Denver. Favorite. I think they'll be favored. Favorites. Indiana Pacers. Favored. Charlotte Hornets. Favorite. Big favorites. Chicago Bulls. Favorites. favorites. New Orleans Pelicans. Favorites. favorites. Then you go on the road at Orlando. Favorites. Then you have the second night of a back-to-back at Tampa Bay for the Raptors. Mm. This could be a wa- this could be a pick em. Yeah. So Close. think about that. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row. The Nuggets should be favored coming out of the break, yeah. and they're already on a four-game win streak. So it really is a great opportunity. Uh, and if you keep going after that, New Orleans again. Um, then you get Atlanta. You get Philadelphia at home. You know, there's uh, you get a one game at the Clippers, which will be underdogs. But then you come back home. You have Orlando, Detroit, San Antonio, back to back at home. So this is a cake schedule, except for the first week of May. When they play like the well, Nets, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz. The better way to look at it to, for me would be that it's a cake, not a cake schedule, because obviously something like San Antonio is a tough team, but it's at home. Um, games of the home versus San Antonio are less all the way from till April 9th, with the exception of one Clippers game and, of course, that Philadelphia game, which will mm-hmm. be a tough one too. But I don't know, man. That's a lot of wins Denver can rack up. And if you end up going 12-2 and two over your next 14 games, sure. the whole season changes. Yeah. So No, I, th- I think it's huge that the schedule has sorted out this way because if Denver keeps this momentum that they built pre-All-Star break going, I mean, this is the time to rack up wins. You got the big three in rhythm. Um, Here's the thing, though, Harrison, because I'm with you. These are games they should win. But – how much of this is, well, let's try, let's set everybody's back healthy. Yes, let's, exactly. let's experiment with this and all oh, it ends up costing you a game against Memphis, you know, like, yeah, you can say that, but like the top end talent on this team is so good yeah, yeah. that you can experiment and still like yeah. easily win games. I mean, it's just that good. Yeah, right. it, it's, it's ultimately still a good thing to get half your rotation back. I mean, some questions to figure out, but you want the quality players. Here's a question for the comment section. Let me know, uh, the YouTube live chat, let me know what Denver's record is in the uh, month of March. You can include the three games they've already played, which are all wins. They're currently 3-0 and in March. But if you go all the way through that Philadelphia home game, which is the last one, let me know what you think Denver goes over the month because... I mean, there's a legitimate chance they go undefeated because of, their, uh, of the schedule, but... That'd be that won't happen. Like like par might honestly be like ten and two or something. So it's kind of wild. Um, all right, Nikola Jokic's bar. Actually, it's just Nikola's burner has a good one here. What do you think? What are the individual sacrifices that truly need to be made by the big three? Jokic, Jamal, Ooh. and Mike, in order for them to all reach their full potential. Huh. I love this question. Mm. Huh. So Michael Porter's are obvious. He. It's just not a first option. Like it's just the the sacrifice he has to make right now. There may be a time when he is the first option. Actually, I take that back. I don't think he'll ever be the first option. Jokic will always be the fulcrum. Right. Michael Porter, I could see replacing or playing alongside Jamal Murray. I don't think it would happen this year or next year, but maybe three years from now, it's less of the Murray-Jokic two-man game and more of a, hey, Michael Porter-Jokic two-man game now is just as good, so we go to that just as much as we do. I don't know. So first and foremost for Michael Porter, it's touches. Yeah, I agree. With Jamal, Jamal's got a sacrifice for the betterment of Michael Porter Jr., I think. Yeah. Um, and I think we've already seen some of this from Jamal, like to be quite honest. I know he scored 20-plus points in 12 straight games. He probably could have had some 30-point games. I mean, he's had some. Uh, he probably could have had more. Yeah. Probably could have had more 35-point games if he really wanted to. But I really buy into the fact that he's trying to be a like a leader, be a pure point guard, get others involved, get Yoke going, get Mike going, get everybody else going. So 
Um, I think there's got to be some sacrifice there too. And from Yoke, I think it's going to be about breaking away from the beautiful game. There are going to be nights where it's about feeding Jamal, where there are going to be nights where it's about scoring 40, which Jokic is the only player in the league for which doing so might be a sacrifice. <laughs> He'd rather not. Um, and more importantly, like a little bit of patience with MPJ. So like there are going to be games where what it mm. means to feed that hot hand is not the same thing as playing the beautiful faceless army game. And there are going to be some nights or rather than making that a teaching moment, it's something Jokic has to roll with to get the win. Mm-hmm. So I, I like what you said there with, with Jokic. Patience might be the biggest sacrifice for him because, look, man, I really do think the first two months of the season, maybe three, I, don't, I would have to go back and look, but a majority of the season, Jokic was just so frustrated with Michael Porter. I mm-hmm. mean, you could see it, man. And I think still, like, there's, I don't know that he fully is, like, bought in or trust or whatever, but I think that's actually Jokic's sacrifice. He wasn't handed the most high IQ, ready-to-made veteran star who's like ready to go and do all the things. And I'm sure Jokic would have loved to have had that. So um, there's a lot of that. You know, for Murray, I think his sacrifice, and this is he's already sacrificed this, I think, quite a bit, it's clout. And this is one of the mm-hmm. things I'm most impressed, impressed with Jamal Murray. We do this a lot too. We're guilty of this. Jokic is our beloved child. Like we, we, he was here first. We've connected with him, this or that. And Murray, you know, Murray was the best player in the Utah Jazz series, you know, and it's still like, even after all of that, it's still like we, so much Jokic's team and, and thought of it in terms of this or that. Yeah. So I think with, with Murray, it's, it's just clout. It's just, he probably could get a little bit more recognition on a worse team if he was, if he was the guy, the way totally. Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, and Jamal Murray went head to head this year. Donovan Mitchell's MVP candidate, Murray, not even an all-star. Well, we were just talking about this on the, the pod a couple days ago with John Morant. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. John Morant, he's been that guy in Memphis, and now people are like ranking him ahead of Jamal Murray. Yeah, like you can't tell me if Jamal Murray had his own team for these last four years, he wouldn't be a a bona fide superstar lighting up some of the lesser teams every now and then going for 45 50. It's something Jamal clearly came to terms with. He might have led the league in scoring by now for for all I know. So it's funny because the Nuggets model really is the Spurs model where Tim Duncan was the cornerstone. He was the best player. There's no no questions about it. But like Tony Parker was better than most of the dudes that were significantly more famous than him for a lot of years. Manu Ginobili, same thing. Significantly better player than a lot of the dudes that got mentioned ahead of him. But that was the sacrifice they made. Their reward was five championships and ten trips to the Western Conference Finals or whatever it was. So... Murray, I don't think we appreciate enough how much he sacrifices in that that regard. Um, How do you guys see the role of a Barton or any three in the starting lineup around Jokic, Murray, and MPJ? Who do you think best fits this role on the roster or is a move necessary? This one comes from Brendan Diaz. Move might be necessary. I think as constructed, Barton makes the most sense because it just works offensively. Like the... not just points scored, but flow, having that many ball handlers out there, not having to make decisions like they used to do with Torrey Craig, Jokic, like, oh, I can't go that way, right? I'm going to turn around and swing the other direction. Mm-hmm. There is a a flow to that offense. Barton admittedly hijacks that at times. Hasn't always been pretty. Defensively, though, that's not great, especially if you're looking to play Jamal off ball alongside another one. We don't know if they'll do that in the playoffs or not. So I think a move is necessary. Um, but with the roster as constructed, they're winning these games right now with Barton at the three. Yeah. What I would like to see more from Barton, and I think he's capable of this because he's done it before, um, and, and Vote just hit on it, Jamal's had so much success playing alongside another point guard. Barton can be that playmaker 
You know, he can be that type of guy. He's played backup point guard before. If he was to shift into that role a little more alongside Murray, uh, alongside that starting lineup, I, I think it could lead to a ton of success. Um, I mean, that group is going to be really, really good offensively, like no matter what. Um, but Barton in that role, I think, would be good. And also, if he can just kind of just lock down on defense. See, that's the thing. Yeah, to me, yeah. to me, that's not offense. I mean, there is an offense thing. Like, if Gary is the two, I do think you need somebody else that can handle the ball. But more than anything, you just need defense. Michael Porter at the four, Jokic at the five. It can work, but you got to have great perimeter containment. And to me, that's that's a defensive player. P.J. Dozier, I'm very intrigued by. Zeke Nagy, I'm intrigued by even in that role because I think Zeke Nagy keeps guys in front of him. Which yeah. is, you know, guys might shoot over him or shake him or this or that, but they just don't get around him as easily. So, yeah. so I mean, that's actually the lineup that I want to see the most Zeke? over the second half of the season. No, it's Dozier oh. at the three. That lineup has played zero minutes together this season. Yeah, of course. Murray, Harris, Dozier, Porter, Jokic. Zero minutes together. That's the lineup I want to see the most over the Do- second half. Dozier has to be so low usage in that lineup. That's that's I'm thing. so worried that's about that's it. That's the thing. Yep. Um, another question from Diaz. Diaz, is it Diaz? Do you guys recognize this uh, obscure reference? No. Diaz, no. what do you think? All right. Well, see if <laughs> anybody, right com- see if anybody catches it. So it's an A-plus <laughs> reference. Uh, A-plus reference. Also interested to know what you think the effects of the extremely condensed second half of the season will have on teams. Because there's a lot of games in the second half. Shorter. I think somebody it, told me this last night. The playoffs start in seventy days. I think it's sixty nine oh days now. Isn't that God. wild? I, I I think if um, <laughs> what has changed in my life since the last time we all got together? <laughs> so Not one thing. <laughs> I think if a team pulls off a big trade, and maybe this is the reason why there's not just blockbuster deals at this deadline. If a team pulls off a big trade, and you're bringing in say three new guys to your rotation, there's going to be no practice time. Like you can probably count on one hand how many practices a lot of teams are going to have before the playoffs start. Yep. After the deadline, especially, which is still in a couple more weeks, you're just going to have very little time behind the scenes to implement new pieces. It's a good point, dude. It's a really good. Very point. little practice time, and that's why I don't think you're looking at a big move. By the way, I mean this might just be like a f- more of a floor raiser than a ceiling raiser, right? Like, I- I've said the name before, but like just as an archetype, like a Torian Prince or something. But I think Wynn makes a really good point that working that person up to speed, you know, in this team on a Jokic team, it, it's a short runway this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nobody has guessed it in the chat. It's really, uh, really bums me <laughs> no out. No one cares about that. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody does. Glad we hit our break. Uh, and then on the other side, we're going to have to rapid fire through as many of these questions as we have. We still have like 30 to get through. <laughs> Uh, yeah, guys, make sure to uh, check out this new offer from Strava Craft Coffee. I know a lot of you uh, listening, watching have uh, ordered Strava before. You guys can get 25% off your order of Strava Craft Coffee using the code DNVR25. It's a different code. DNVR25 gets you 25% off Strava Craft Let's Coffee. Go, dude. Packed with CBD. Uh, you can get it at the bar. I think we still have it at the bar in cold brew, uh, which is also really good. Uh, but you can get it for, from StravaCraftCoffee.com for 25% off with the code DNVR20. I also got to talk about DraftKings here. I know we got the uh, the tournament coming up. It's going to be a big uh, couple weeks for betting. Uh, conference tournaments are tipping off now. Uh, bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. This is an awesome offer for DraftKings, guys, if you're not signed up. Bet $4. Bet $4 on an underdog. 
win $256 if that underdog wins. It's it's that simple. Uh, bet $4 on an underdog in select college basketball games, and if they win, you collect $256 Wild. from DraftKings. Make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Remember, you've got to use that code DNVR when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code DNVR. Turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It was Blue Streak. You guys have never seen Blue Streak? I don't even know. That's what not is Blue Streak? You've bell. never seen Blue, Blue Streak? No. This not, is the, the kids these days, man. Luke yeah. Wilson and... Uh, uh, I like Luke Wilson. Uh, the kids Martin. these days. Martin. I, I, I can't think of his name. Martin. It's Grant. Who's it, who's it in Martin? What's the, what's the name of the comedian? Somebody help me out here. I'm drowning. Martin, Martin Short. No. No. No, the TV show, oh, Martin. Is it, uh, isn't that Cedric? No, no, we're we're down here. This, I have to yeah, Google this it. This is not our. Uh, uh, anyway, our it's a great movie. It's hilarious. Oh no, I've watched close. it like every week of my life from from like sixth grade to eighth grade. Um, all right, let's move it on. What is Murray ceiling as a defender? This comes from Connor. Ceiling? No, oh, Martin. Um, it's Martin Lawrence. That's right. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, I don't well, know. Why I could think. <laughs> Comments are furious. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Eric might be the maddest. This one might there. cancel us. Yeah, actually. we deserve that one. So I did see that Murray is no longer a top five defender. Yeah, dude, he got ratioed right off the best defender. <laughs> He's off the, the NBA.com defensive ladder. Uh, no longer that's on That's hilarious, that. man. Uh, what's his ceiling? No, I think he can be an above average defender. I don't know if he's ever going to be an elite defender at his position, but he can definitely be above average. Um, no, I think he's got a fine frame. Um, and, and we've seen with Jamal, like if he focuses and if he puts an emphasis on defense he can lock in absolutely on, on that end of the floor but i don't think he's ever going to be elite above average though sorry someone said this is worse than when adam called Lil boozy a beverage um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the question jamal ceiling yeah the, I, I think he could be really good defensively yeah. though honestly like i i would say a better than above average i think okay. i think he can end up being a very good defender not a lot not a stopper I was not a lockdown of a player but i think but like, if you told me, could Denver? Here's one of the questions I always think: Can Denver build a top five defense around Murray, Porter, and Jokic? And I think the answer is yes. You would need like Gary Harris and OG Ananobi. So you'd need the two guys that are your stoppers, one inside, one outside. But I think that, and Michael Porter, we're still TBD if he can like become lower and lower mistakes. But like Jokic positionally can always be in the right spot, and he can, and he's very good at certain types of defense, post defense, yeah. rebounding, yeah. this or that. And I think Murray can be the same thing, where it's like nobody's seeking him out to exploit him sure but he's also not the guy that you would hopefully have on your best perimeter player yeah yeah he and you remind me a lot of each other on that end in that i think it can be opportunistic five ten minutes at a time it could be very very good um but like most superstars that have ever lived they're a little too busy carrying the offense to play lockdown defense for four quarters yeah yeah um another question coming in here from josh barnett are the nuggets legitimate free agent destination now surely playing with Jokic is a huge sell to stars how many is it every two months we get this one? Yeah. I mean, I you would changed. certainly think, Josh, you would think it'd be uh, very advantageous to want to play with Jokic. But, I mean, they're not. They're just not. And, um, <laughs> honestly, 
I don't know if they'll ever be yeah. the premier free agent destination. Yeah, nobody was flocking to San Antonio yeah. to play with selfless Tim yeah, Duncan. They probably will never be, and you know that's okay. But um, no, they're not. Yeah, I but, mean, even the Clippers built a beautiful situation, and stars were just like the Lakers. Though. Let me let me um, throw one huge caveat in here, though. Can I throw a huge caveat? Sure. Denver is a European city. Meaning people that have grown up in Europe tend to like Denver. It reminds them of home. There's nature. There's, you know, there's less hustle and bustle than your yeah. coastal cities. Um, there's It's easier to hide. Like if you're in New York and L.A., you know, yeah. like whatever. So I do think that there is maybe European players that would be like, hey, you know what? Denver seems pretty dope. Yeah, I'm all for that. If so. we can become the European hub, let's do it. Any, any branded hub any hub other if you than if you're, Paul Millsap if you're looking to get away from the spotlight rather than towards it and most yeah. NBA players are looking yeah. to get towards it but it does seem like there are a lot of players especially some of the foreign born ones that are just like <sighs> dude American media is insane like I don't want to be in front of a camera 24-7 so I do hope Jokic knows that's the best thing he's got going for him dude I think he does yeah <laughs> Zeke Naji, where does he rank on the team's list of wing defenders this comes from J- J- uh, Jake Vanderbrink how far is he from being a legit rotation piece or even a starter so he is probably, and I'm not going to factor in Greg Whittington to this discussion because sure? we, we just don't know. Yeah. Sure? yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Zeke Naji's the third best perimeter defender on Behind? this team. Uh, Gary Harris and PJ Dozier. Third best. Wow. I can't put him that high. He does look like he has the. He does look like he has a lot of potential there. Well, I mean, the other guys under consideration. If we're comparing him to guards, are like, Will Barton. Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, Faku. Come on, Faku. <laughs> yeah, you wing, just pissed off all of Argentina I mean, here. not a wing defender. This is why I don't think you can compare him really. Like if you just compare him to like yeah. threes and below. So wing even if defenders. we include like Barton or whatever, I mean, he really does look. The thing that's so fun about Zeke Naji, I made the joke earlier about illegal Pete's, but he really does seem like a mix like an evolution of Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, there's the new version of Paul Millsap is a guy that can guard the perimeter a little bit more. Millsap used to be a great post-up player. You don't need that anymore. Najee's not. He can right. shoot and guard the perimeter. Right. Yeah, so. third or fourth sounds right to me. I don't think he's in a, a healthy rotation, though. And I don't either, sadly. Which is really too bad. He, Honestly, I'm kind of pissed about it. That's no knock on him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he approached that, that opportunity the way he should. And I think you can feel... He'll have another opportunity. Yeah, you'll feel better about Zeke Najee yeah. going forward. But... It was never plan A to play this kid when they drafted him, ever. And right now, guys are just hurt. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Zeke Naji. I don't think he's going to be a playoff rotation piece, a start or anything like that this year. But I do think I would love it if the Nuggets had a very good idea going into the offseason, whether they could trust him next year to be a major piece, whether that's a starter or just a guy that they can count on for 20 minutes a game. I think they need to know that by the end of this year, so I hope mm-hmm. we get an opportunity for it. Um, what is your opinion on how Malone manages games? I feel like he subs out a group of guys that has the other team on the ropes way too frequently just because it's the usual rotation time. How do you rate his challenges? In my opinion, the ones he wins often are insignificant. <laughs> Lucas Ramel here. That last oh, line kills man. me. All right, I'll touch the challenge questions. one. I'll touch. I can touch the challenge okay. one. Um, not very good at the challenges. I think that's. Well, I fair. feel like he's been hot on challenges. Well, he's Am winning. I the only he's one? winning. Challenges. But they're insignificant according yeah, to the question. I don't know. Following the logic of like when and why yeah. he challenges is a bit of a roller coaster. But yeah, that's true. I, I'm sure he's not alone. By the way, in that dynamic, challenges also don't matter that much. Um, when we talk about talk about the rotation. You know. He has done this before. Porter's had 14 points, and it's like, well, it's his time to come out, so we're pulling him out or whatever. I think you can get into trouble in the regular season if you ride the hot hand too much. 
it throws everything else out of whack. I do mm-hmm. think there's something to guys knowing like here's your where your minutes are coming, and you just go with it. So I I don't mind the way he manages the rotation in that regard. My thoughts are more and look he as time goes on he always Malone always looks better not worse. My more my problems are more with who doesn't play and the the amount of minutes and. You get to the end of the yeah, season, man. it's like, we've never played Jeremy Grant at small forward. Maybe that's a good thing. And then all of a sudden you play it in the playoffs and it works. I, mine are more the macros with him than the sure. game by game. Also, like, getting up in arms about little in-game things and, and substitutions and whatnot, it's like, we're not NBA coaches, man. Like, yeah. No, it's so true. <laughs> it's not it's that like, he's what are we doing here? Yeah. I, any, any person who watches a team super closely game in game out is going to have bones to pick up with sure. their coach like yeah. the warriors had bones to pick with how oh, Steve man. Kerr coached the Dude, warriors people man. stevens and kerr right now yeah. are like fan bases want them fired yeah it's and like ridiculous like, wow it's, it's crazy so uh, michael malone's a good coach he's a very good coach yeah. um i think we can just leave it at that can the nuggets go deep into the playoffs if they just go full send into offense and not make any defense focused moves <laughs> or do you think they need to sacrifice some offense for defense full comes send. From i love it um well you know me i'm all offense all no you have to have a good defense i do think that denver you know <laughs> their their roster is not complete right now in my opinion to do what i think is perfect for them which is that murray Jokic, mpj that's your offense you got to play these guys you're going to have something great and then you put a lot of responsibility on them one or two guys go ahead um the uh the series that I wonder if you just go all offense is against the Lakers. Yeah. Because I don't know if you're going to stop Anthony Davis. The Nuggets don't really have a matchup for him. Nobody in the league has a the matchup Lakers for him. The Lakers don't score that well in the half court, though. I'm yeah, telling you, like. Th- yeah, this is the thing. Yeah. I feel like you just focus on the transition defense and then, yeah, and then let's go him. out there. Yeah. yeah. Make- if you don't turn the ball over against the Lakers, and we saw this in this Nuggets-Lakers matchup that just happened. I know Anthony Davis got hurt, but if you take care of the ball and don't let the Lakers get out in transition, you can handle them in the half court. And I, th- I think maybe that's the formula uh, against the Lakers. You just outscore them, take care of the ball. Maybe that's it. You do, I think, generally speaking, though, have to start thinking about defense, not just for this postseason, but going forward. I'm, like, not worried about this team in the regular season. Like, knock on wood with the, you know, outside of Jokic getting hurt, I really think we saw what's close to the floor, if not the actual absolute totally, floor. Yeah. I mean, half the rotation went out, and they were losing games in, in dumb ways. Um, like this, offense and the vibes were so off. Were so off. Like to Adam's point, that those three alone, the offense is always going to be good enough to win regular season games. Um, they have roster construction slash slash matchup issues right now, and those yeah. will rear their heads in the playoffs. All right, let's get into the trade portion here. Lots of trades to be discussed mm. here. What, who is technically tradable before the deadline, considering the rules on contracts and current injuries? This comes from Flo. This one's simple. There's an answer. It's Paul Millsap has a no-trade clause, an effective no-trade clause, because yeah. he signed a one-year deal. Monte Morris, I think, the only other one who yeah. can't be traded. Everybody else eligible on the table. Is it is it that they... Like, they literally cannot trade them? Could these guys agree to be traded? Paul Millsap no. could agree to yeah, a trade. Paul Millsap, yeah. Paul okay. Millsap could agree Monte to a trade. Monte can't be traded. Monte can't be traded. But Millsap's not going to agree to a trade, man. He's got kids in school. It's a pandemic. Like there's, He <laughs> you, signed you here. You don't think like, he's going to want to, like, go to uh, Sacramento for the second yeah, half yeah. of the season? <laughs> sure, you guys. Every great. trade that you could send him to is also, like, just crazy. There's no, like, hey, what an upgrade. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Tim, Tim's Sacramento. also the last president who would do that. 
to, yeah, right, uh, to Paul. Right, he really right. wouldn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, getting into some of these ones, I've heard a lot of talk about adding a forward, but what about a backup center? I really feel like Denver is hurting from not having Plumlee this season. Seems like a big reason why we lose leads when backups go in. This comes from Christian Cora. Yeah. See, I think a big question here is can Paul Millsap or Jamichael Green be your backup right. five? Yep. Because if they can be, that's the easiest route to go. If they can't, I think you can definitely look for a backup five because Isaiah Hartenstein, I, I like certain parts about his game, but I, I wouldn't trust him in the playoffs right now. He didn't now. take advantage of his opportunity, and it wasn't a great opportunity. It was an opportunity, but it, but it was an opportunity, yeah. and I just don't feel like he really made the most of it. So I think a backup center could be um, a route to go. I like Nerlens Noel. Yeah. That's my guy. I do think, though, that's <laughs> not a cultural fit. That role... I mean, you got him for half of a season. Less. Yeah. Jordan McRae 2.0. <laughs> that role does get a little reduced in the playoffs. I do think, like, I like, I think first option would be what Wynn said, figuring out can Green or Millsap be that guy. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I honestly think that's the answer, especially when you look at. I don't want Dozier out of the rotation. I want him in, and he's, he's going to be one of the most important ways to have him in is to move everybody down a spot mm -hmm. and then have two bigs, you know, a four and a five. So I want to see if that is, ends up happening. Um, I also do think one of my favorite themes of this season is. Um, Missing all of the ones you took for granted, you know. Tory Craig's not here. Everybody's like, Mason oh, Plumley. I, I Everybody... never took Tory Craig for granted. I just want to put that oh, out there. I oh never did. I oh think my gosh, that, this is a great work. Harrison. I don't miss Tory Craig that much. <laughs> <laughs> but with Mason Plumley, man, I mean, how many times are people like, he's not, he's the worst. He we can't make him a running. Yeah, Mason Plumley. Now you're like, you know, absolutely. it's actually nice to not have to worry about. To be fair though, all Isaiah Hartenstein has to do is contest one Anthony Davis jumper, <laughs> and he's one of our Probably triple double machine. Trim, triple double Who machine, man. He's yeah, that's true. Um, thoughts on a potential Kyle Lowry trade, Omar. First of all, very lazy question, Omar. Very lazy. <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> thoughts? Man, it's it's interesting because yes, we've been talking a lot about yes, Jamal Murray plays really good next to another point guard. Like that's different next to a Monte Morris or fucking Pazo than it's next to a Kyle Lowry who's sure. like an all-star point guard. That'd be a massive move. Like, that'd be a massive move for Denver. I think Kyle Lowry is going to dictate if he gets traded and where he gets traded to. Yeah. I can't imagine him really wanting to come to Denver. Why? Um, I, I, I mean, there's been a lot of buzz about him wanting to go to Philly. And maybe it's just like, if I can't go to Philly, just keep me in Tampa Bay for the year. Kyle Lowry is a pretty perfect fit yeah. in Denver. The problem I have is that Denver has six guards. Unless you're giving away two of those guards. I mean, some of them aren't going to play. Unless you're giving away two of those guards, then I don't see quite what the point is. But Would, would you hate? Well, we, we just talked about Monte. You can't trade Monte. Yeah, um, yeah that's the thing. The only guys you, you can put, trade. Yeah. And you honestly, you I don't think Denver's going to trade Fokker. I mean, like he just came over here, moved his family over here. You're going to deal him after half a season? Send him to Tampa Bay yeah. of all places. I don't <laughs> think Denver's going to do that. So the guys you can trade are like twos and threes. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have even more point guards. Yeah, I just... 
So I don't know. Maybe I mean Kyle Lowry would make this team better if your if your starting lineup was Kyle Lowry and Murray in the backcourt. Like I'd be like, oh man, that's all right. Th- there's nobody that has a better backcourt in the playoffs. I don't think you're maybe as good, but not better. Yeah, Lowry in that lineup works. Getting Lowry to Denver, not so much. Yeah, yeah he's Lowry is also he's kind of a little Chauncey Billups light. Oh, I like you this. know we always talked about when, when thinking back to that 09 run that team changed when Chauncey got there. Could, Kyle Lowry would have a similar effect. Could Cha- but could he have that same effect because he's a free agent? Could he have that in two months? <sighs> Be tougher. In fact, it's a very condensed two months too. Like we're talking <laughs> yeah. about, like yeah. yeah. Um, who should we? Pref- who should be preferable trade target given MPJ continues playing power forward, true point guard to three and D? We've kind of answered this uh, this one a little bit. Namani asked this one. You know, obviously a three is is who you want to go after. Um, then I got a lot of questions in here about Larry Nance Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Um, Larry Nash Jr. I don't think he's on the table. I don't know why Cleveland would want to trade him. He's a really good player. He's yeah. young. He he's fits in their core. Isn't he a four? Yeah, I mean yeah. he's a Zeke Naji esque. Yeah, four, he's, he's say, like, a, but he's a four that could fit with MPJ. Well, sure. Okay. You know? yeah. A combo on, on could be ends. a combo combo forward. I guess yeah. uh, he's a really good player. I think he might have a little inflated value at the moment. Um, and then the other one, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's another funny one, man, because I do feel like he is he's more of a reclamation project than I think people realize. Yeah. But man, wouldn't you love to start that reclamation project with Jokic on deck? <laughs> I mean, like yeah, if there's oh, a guy that could get more out of Aaron Gordon. Athleticism, yeah. like this part of this is the just the raw athleticism. If sure. you can give Jokic, Michael Porter, and Aaron Gordon as his forwards, you're more athletic than almost every other team at those two positions. Sure. And I think he's a good defender too. Yeah. Aaron Gordon, you know, he also if people watch Aaron Gordon play, Dozier no, asked no, his nobody, shot attempts. Nobody has watched Aaron Gordon play over the last three years. You think? That's your take? That's your theory? <laughs> He's on the magic. Let's just say that he would have <laughs> to really learn some shot selection. I think he would. Uh, it's Definitely. funny, man, that Barton is the scapegoat because, you know, Nuggets are going to trade Barton and then there's going to be a new scapegoat. This is People don't understand that this is the nature of things, that there's always one guy that gets an unfair amount of the blame. Some of it warranted, but then it's like, well, let's just throw all complaints, all griefs at him. Yeah, and I bet if you were to go through like who's a net positive and a net rating scapegoat, Barton's on the in the former half. Man. Totally, yeah. of course. I just think Aaron Gordon's too good. He's too good to slide in as like the fifth option. I mean, Jeremy Grant didn't want to do it, right? So, yeah, it's a good point. Right. Um, got one more here. Is Bull Bull part of any trade package for, at the deadline based on his place on the depth chart and how much has his value fallen since the beginning of the season? This is asked by Nolan Rogers. I don't know that he had high value coming into the season, to be honest. That's this part of it. Yeah, um, I think he's fallen just in terms of what the Nuggets probably think of him. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's probably true. Because, I mean, look, this this is a guy who, you know, I don't know if I ever fully bought that he was going to be, like, competing for backup minutes at the three and four. But he is so far down the depth chart now that Vlako Chanchar is just clearly yeah. way above him in the pecking order. And, you know, at this point, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if he's dealt. You know what's wild is he was in the running. Like, they, the first time they had to go deep to that bench, Correct. bull, yes. step right on up. He's- so, yeah, I, we talked about guys embracing the opportunity and making the most of it. I think it's pretty clear how Denver feels about him. Probably less excited than they were three, four months ago. I think Adam's right, though. We in Denver, because we've seen some fun bubble games, forget 
the entire Second league round passed pick, on yeah, Bull yeah, exactly. more than once, and yeah. Denver traded nothing for that flyer. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So his value was low to begin with. I will say, Isaiah Hartenstein, Bull, Bull are the two who did not get good opportunities. These were not good. They didn't get like they weren't yeah. dealt a great hand. Bull right. Bull's two games that he played were he was guarding Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But that being said, I just don't think either one of them like made the most of that. And that's yeah. this is the th- tough thing about life, but it's certainly the tough thing about the NBA. Guys get opportunities sometimes unfairly. Like, oh, this guy gets a chance because they was drafted high, but he's clear. Like Moutier. I mean, how many chances did Moutier get to like prove himself? Too and it many. Didn't work? And how many times has Hartenstein had to prove himself? Very few, right? Yeah. He's Hartenstein's not worse than Moutier. Like Moutier was a real anchor. But, but that team was trying to figure out if Moutier is any good. This team's trying to win a title. But what I'm saying is, you have small opportunities. You have to take advantage of right. them. And like Bull Bull, so far doesn't seem like he has. Now he'll probably get another one right. if he's not traded. He'll probably get another one. And I hope he approaches that one with more focus and like uh, you know an understanding of it because that's how things work, man. You get a little opportunity, then you get a little bit more of an opportunity, then you get a bigger opportunity, then you get the best opportunity, and you just have to make it. So that was fun, guys. We got to most of our questions, not all of them. We got to most of them. Um, PJ Tucker, just quick yes or no. I got a question on that. Yes or no, PJ Tucker. To what? Trade? Would you trade for PJ Tucker? Oh, oh, fix your team. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, hang out with him. Yes. Uh, no, not yet. Uh, you, yes, PJ Tucker. Yes. He makes the team better. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm lukewarm on it. I do think he makes the team better because Denver's lacking there. But I don't. I don't. I don't I, think he's the guy though. I think. I don't think PJ Tucker is who a lot of people think he is right now. I think there's a big discrepancy between who PJ he was Tucker, three years ago and who he is. PJ right Tucker's now. earned his stripes, man. That dude has been in a lot of big games. Yeah, and he played has. well. In and a he's lot played of big well games. on them. You know what? Maybe yeah. I'm in. Maybe you talked me into it. When? All right, easy. guys. Thank you so much for riding with us, the mailbag. We're going to be back again tomorrow, right here in the same lounge, doing a brand new show, getting you ready for the end of this mini off season. We get back into this the on nice. season. This, this couple day break, it was nice. It was nice. This was a vacation that's one day too long, and now I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back to the buffet. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. I want to. You know, it's really beach weather. Get a little sunburned. Yeah. That's how I feel. But we're going to be back again tomorrow. Then, of course, Friday with the pregame show. We'll see everybody then. Before we get out of here, guys, if you're not on board with Hassle Cattle Company, this is the best time to do it because this snowstorm is coming. I am going to lock myself in my apartment this weekend. Probably not going to leave except for, you know, the Nuggets games at the bar, home game at Ball Green on Saturday. But I already know I'm going to down so much Hassle Cattle Company over this weekend and into next week if there's still snow on the ground. Nobody's going to be going anywhere, but... I'm going to be eating good with Hassle Cattle Company. If you're not familiar with Hassle Cattle Company, they have absolutely everything. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu beef. It's the best damn Wagyu beef in the country. New York strips, beef bacon, Wagyu frank, jerky, original and sweet, hot and spicy jerky. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. It's an awesome product. It's the best damn Wagyu beef around. And it's perfect for this upcoming weekend. It's going to be perfect for next week when you're just sitting at home as well. So check them out today. You can get 10% off your order with the code DNVR10. Remember that code DNVR10. You can get 10% off your order from Hassle Cattle Company. Better yet, any orders over $200, you will receive free shipping as well. Check them out today. HassleCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L. CattleCompany.com.